0: You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality
1: Check Radio.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Up Your Brave show. On Reality Check Radio, this is your host, Natalie Cutler-Welsh, and today we're diving deep, and we're looking big picture, and we're going to bring up some concepts that to some of our audience are new, and some of our audience will be like, oh yeah, let's do this. Uh, we're talking today to Kim Knight and David Hopper. We're, from around the world, we've got Kim in Queenstown, David in Arizona, and we're going to be talking about the esoteric reasons for humanity's crisis. Welcome to the show, Kim and David. Hi, Natalie. So good to have you both here. This is the first trio interview that we've done. So um, it's gonna be exciting. There's gonna be a lot of information shared. So, hey, before we dive in, I'm gonna give our listeners a little bit of backstory. So if you haven't met Kim or David before, they are the hosts of the Bigger Picture series. Kim Knight, a uh, little bit the background on Kim and I have known each other, I think Kim probably for 10 years as fellow women in business, uh, but after an abrupt and unexpected spiritual awakening in her late 20s, Kim found herself on a fast track of personal development. Simultaneously, she was searching for solutions to debilitating chronic fatigue and clinical depression, which led her on a year-long pilgrimage around the world. Um, after trying hundreds of natural therapies and training in several cutting-edge healthcare modalities, she actually healed herself without drugs or supplements, yay, and has since helped hundreds of others to do the same. In recent years, her passion for health, personal, and spiritual development have merged, focusing on evolution of human consciousness, humanity's most important step, if we wish to create authentic, positive change in the world. That is exactly what we're endeavoring to do. Kim, I'm so excited to share your wisdom with everyone today. Um, What I would love to do is actually go to you, Kim. I'd love to know how you and David came together. You give us a backstory, and then I will read David's bio.
1: Thank you. Well, David and I met through the uh, Morea Federation uh, Ageless Wisdom Teachings uh, tribe, if you like. And a couple of years ago, I ran an, an online interview series on the topic of enlightenment and self-realization. And I invited David to be one of the speakers. And that was when we first worked together. And then about a year ago, I started to get inner promptings of doing this Now Bigger Picture series. And for six months, I mulled it over and it just felt so, so big. Just such a vast topic, which I'm not an expert in uh, by any means. And so I mulled on it for about six months. And then finally, I realized, you know, I need an expert in the Ageless Wisdom teachings, which are a particular body of teachings, which I'm sure David will explain more during the interview. And I've been studying these teachings myself since 2003. So that's 20 years now. And I'd say I have an approximate foundation of what they're about, but they're vast, vast teachings. And so I finally thought, well, realized, you know, I need some help here. So I reached out to David and said, would you like to co-create this program? And he said, yes. And I'm very grateful. And uh, six months later, we launched it.
2: And, you know, it's all about divine timing, isn't it? People that come into your life or people that um, have the wisdom that, that we are craving and that we want to. And the world is ready for it. Finally.
1: <laughs> it is divine timing. And I feel that's why it did delay. We, it took a long time to get off the ground. But I can see that it was divine timing. Agreed. David, we
2: are going to give you a chance to talk, but first I'm just going to give our listeners a little bit of background. David Hopper. David has been a student of esoteric for 40 years. He's given numerous presentations in the USA and Russia and is a regular speaker at the University of the Seven Rays. He completed his Arcane School Studies with the Lucius Trust in 2009 and is the Faculty of the Morea Foundation, More Morea, More, you can. Morea, that's name.
0: That's person's name, yeah.
2: Federation School of Esotericism. David has written three books um, on esotericism, meditation, and the wisdom teachings. And he lives in Houston, Texas, um, and is the Ageless Wisdom teachings expert for the Bigger Picture series. Welcome, David.
0: Thank you for. I'm uh, glad to be here.
2: <laughs> well. I'm really going to hand over to both of you um, get before we, well, not just before we dive in, we are diving in. What exactly do we mean by the word esoteric? And have I said it correctly?
1: I'll let you answer that, David.
0: Uh, yes, you pronounced it correctly. Um, esoteric is a, uh, it's another word, like the word occult. Uh, basically, that's an older term, but it's more current term is esoteric. And it really means secret. It really means hidden. Um, it means um, something that is not quite obvious or known. And so what we're talking about is subjective things like your feelings and your emotions, your thoughts. Like when we say thinking out of the box, well, guess what? You're working in, a, in an environment where it has subjective answers to it. And uh, this is the teachings of esoteric teachings are basically generated from uh, people uh, people in history like, uh, like the Buddha, like the Christ, uh, all the great sages, all the great teachers, the spiritual teachers. These are all people who were esotericists. Esotericism or esoteric is a term we've been really using in the last, uh, probably the last 40 plus, 50 years maybe. If you studied certain teachings, then the term esoteric goes back over about 130 or 40 years. But uh, it basically is a—it's a relatively contemporary term for the public that is. But it's referring to hidden teachings, that are now that are now known.
2: Well, known and not known. I feel like there are many hidden teachings and hidden things that we just haven't been privy to, and slowly um, the veil is lifting. People might have heard that term. People may also have heard the term, you know, the Great Awakening. Um, so I'm going to hand to you, Kim. What is like just give us a little bit more about this like humanity's in this crisis and today we're talking about the esoteric reasons meaning the true unrevealed until now reasons for humanity's crisis
1: what are some of those reasons oh boy there's a lot of reasons um so when when i when i was putting this program together first of all Over the last couple of years, and I think this has happened to a lot of people like ourselves, is that we've started to piece together the bigger picture of what is going on just on a physical plane reality. In other words, what is going on in our world Uh, and the connection between, for example, politics, banking, agriculture climate change you know there are many different areas or segments of of life you know industries whatever you want to call it big food is another one uh, big tech uh, that there's a lot that's been going on that most people have not really been aware of including myself and In the last couple of years, um, somehow or other, a a lot of information crossed my path, which really opened my eyes to joining the dots between, oh my goodness, there's there's actually something going on uh, that is unseen. It is esoteric in a way, but not in a particularly good way. There is something going on beneath the surface that is only really now becoming more apparent. A big pharma would be another one. Uh, and 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 leading us in a not too good direction, a not very healthy or beneficial direction. But then, if we, I, I call that the uh, the on the ground view, uh, like chickens pecking away on the ground, seeing seeing things from that. Uh, uh, actually, no. the The chickens on the ground would be the people who are completely asleep, who don't really see much at all. Then you go up in a helicopter or you're a hawk in the sky, and you start to piece together this bigger picture of what is going on on a physical plane reality, which are just the end results of hidden causes, of deeper unseen causes. Uh, and then you get up in a spaceship and you go up uh, you know, above the Earth and you get what's called the overview effect and that's when you start to understand the deeper esoteric reasons on a, on a much much vaster scale of time and this is where we have to go you know into eons of time millions of years uh, to see why what is happening precisely now is happening. And this will be, and I'll hand over to David in a moment to, to explain a bit more, but we're in a huge transition from the, the, the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius. We're in a rheological transition from the sixth to the seventh ray. And there are other uh, reasons too, but I'll, I'll I'll pass it over to David to continue.
0: Oh boy. <laughs> well, she, she said a mouthful there with some of the words she threw out there. But uh, basically continuing on the concept of esotericism or esoteric, we're talking about the study of energies and forces. My very thoughts are energy and the fact that I'm pushing them out there is a form of a force. And so if we think on this level, every single human being that is thinking 8 billion people in incarnation right now are, are doing this right now. 99% of them or a majority of them are not conscious of this activity. They're not conscious of the fact they have a soul. For lack of a better term, it's you close your eyes and you go into meditation. If you know how to do that and you connect with that uh, place in your head, uh, not your feet, not your your heart, your heart in in your head, in your mind is where love is. It's also where the mind and thinking is too. And it's also the place where you make contact with your soul. And why is that important? Because that is our spiritual essence. That's our spiritual home, and it's like this is the this is the great teachings of all the mystics and the great the Christ and the Buddha all going back uh, thousands of years. And these teachings go back to ancient Egypt. We can trace the teachings back to ancient civilizations such as Atlantis. Uh, even though there's no archaeological evidence, there's plenty of information intuitively that is knowledge that it comes through people. So. Um, As far as um, what else am I talking about here, as far as purpose is concerned, our purpose is to connect with other great spiritual beings who have left who have left their bodies and like the Christ and the Buddha, they were human beings and had pain and sorrows and difficulties, and they liberated themselves, and they raised their consciousness up consciousness is a major part of this, it has to do with our awareness of who we are, as human beings. And also who we are not. And it's also uh, just tuning into all the different energies that make us up and what uh, what motivates us, what uh, draws us to do what we do. What, what is intuition? Where does telepathy come from? These are all natural faculties that exist within our beings. And th- the, the world that we live and know and have our being in is basically filled with the five senses and it's materialistic and the people of materialism, the majority of the world, our education system, our our political system, the uh, people that's on broadcast media—nothing personal. Uh, it's just simply they don't want you to know that there is a subjective or um, uh, subjective part of ourselves, the soul. Which represents a unity in consciousness. It represents oneness. It embraces people together and pulls them together in love and cooperation and goodwill and understanding and inclusiveness. Uh, and it's like this. I I, I I. I could just keep going, but I mean, it's just simply that's the essence of it, right there. We have we have purpose is to discover this spiritual part of ourselves and these teachings that I work with that Kim, Kim is working with. Um, we are. We are seeking to help the public understand that they can connect with themselves through meditation, spiritual study and service. It's one of the things I advocate in my books, but I'm not the only one. It comes from the, uh, the teachings that I study also. So it's just simply learning to get in contact with this part of yourself so you, too, can make a difference in the world and participate from a soul level.
2: And I think, you know, that is a lot of that will be new and slightly overwhelming to some people. A lot of that will be very familiar to some people. But I think what what is very coming clear to me is that people more and more, meaning more and more people, especially now, are curious and inquisitive to learn about not just what is truths that have been hidden from us, but like self-understanding, understanding understanding who they are and why they're here and what their purpose is. So people are more curious and more open to than ever before some of the concepts that you're talking about. So I think the timing is amazing. Kim, I'll come back to you. You mentioned something about you know, um, people are wanting to understand precisely what is going on in the world right now. Um, So for those listening, and and because a lot of people would have heard the terms connecting the dots and revealing the truth, but they're still going, you're still being too elusive, Nat. Like, what do you actually mean? What are some things that you see that are going on in the world right now that you think would be great for Kiwis and people further afield to know about?
1: That is such a huge topic. Uh, I, I I started about two years ago, uh, just watching a lot of videos of from many different people who were also connecting the dots, and I ended up compiling a library of videos of about 500 videos. And so to answer that question simply is is not so easy. Just give but, us a <laughs> Yeah, but but what I started, I mean, you know, it's very obvious. For example, that the medical system and big pharma. Well, actually, yes, there is one major dot here is that even though we know, for example, that eating junk food is unhealthy, why is it that these manufacturers that, you know, big food uh, are constantly churning out this junk that fills our supermarket shelves when we absolutely unequivocally, unequivocally know that it causes harm and they're even adding more and more uh, additives, you know, preservatives, which the same food didn't have 10 years, five years ago, uh, and now more GMO is coming, they know, they inverted commas, they know that that is harmful to people. They, it could stop at any moment and we could be filling our supermarkets with healthy food, teaching people how to grow their food, compost, etc. Why is it when, when the truth is out there, when we know what's good for us, there are a certain body of people who are steering us in the opposite direction. If you look at another another um, area, is transhumanism, which is a huge big thing at the moment. I just want to ed- jump
2: in on the food thing, Kim. Yes. yes.
1: Why? So the question in my mind
2: and other listeners, I imagine. Well, why why would they want to fill us with that you know chemicals and pesticides, preservatives and craft? Why?
1: Yes. To, well, this is only my personal opinion, right? My personal conclusion is to keep us sick, to keep us dumbed down. And this is part and parcel in the bigger picture scheme of things, which, because there were a couple of things that I forgot to say before, is that on the journey, we're, humans are on a journey of what is called evolution and, and involution. Uh, and and one route takes us back to spirit and the other one takes us more down into materialism, which is matter, uh, which is manifested form. And so as we move more and more into matter uh, and materialism, we get more materialistic and, and we can sort of lose ourselves if we don't find ourselves and turn ourselves around again. And there's also an, an incredible amount of history that has been completely hidden and suppressed from humanity. So that's another area, you know, history. Um, Most people have no idea that we've been around for millions of years. We are taught in school, humans have been on the earth for 6,000 years. It is utterly ridiculous Uh, when, when when you learn this true, what is called hidden history of humanity and see the much, much bigger picture of how previous civilizations have come and gone. For example, Lemuria and Atlantis, which originally, 20 years ago, when I heard those those words, I'd just seen them in movies and I thought they were something, you know, in fantasy. Well, actually, they were previous what are called root races or civilizations of humans. And they destroyed themselves through doing exactly where we're the point that we're getting to now. By moving away from nature... Being getting to such a state of separatism and disconnection uh, and, and the transhumanism movement is really moving towards that now that they ended up destroying themselves. So that's just a little bit that I could say. I, I mean,
2: I appreciate there is so much here that we could discuss. Like we could literally spend a whole show talking about the hidden history of humanity, right? Yes, yes. Um, but and what another... I'm hoping we're doing is raising the consciousness, you know, bringing some things to people's awareness that they either had never heard of before or they've heard of, but they thought it was all like a bunch of hoo-ha. So kind of bringing them to to people's attention. Um, Do you want to say a little bit more about the transhumanism? Because I interrupted you with the food question.
1: Sure. Um, So again, I I really only know uh, a smattering of this topic uh, but from what I've seen, for example, Elon Musk is producing uh, chips that can be put in people's brains to help them, super, you know, to, to create superpowers where actually the truth is the super superpowers are already inside of us, but they're not going to be accessed until we do our spiritual work. And it takes work to do that. It takes effort. Um, then, you know, pe- all sorts of things that they're wanting to put in the body, genetic engineering, uh, you know, and we know that mRNA technology, just the science that is going on of of uh, wanting to merge. Some people are literally wanting to merge human with with tech. Uh, meta, you know, another thing is the metaverse. I mean, literally right now, there are people with goggles on living in a, in the metaverse. You know, buying um, property and land in the metaverse people wanting to live in the metaverse. I can't think of anything worse. Myself. Okay, well I I'm gonna have to go more on that because I don't really know I've heard of the metaverse, but I'm just thinking
2: obviously <laughs> movies and things. I want to come back to metaverse, but I'm first I'm gonna go I'm gonna David, I haven't forgotten about you. Um of course. I'm gonna go back to transhumanism because you know even a few years ago, let's say six years ago and I did a post on Facebook about how I did not like the UE boom and I did I did not like the Siri, you know, how you can ask Siri to like whatever, turn the music down or whatever it is. I don't, the Google home. I don't like the idea of that. And I was very cautious about it. And people are like, oh, you're paranoid. I don't like that. And then of course the smartwatches, which again, I haven't worn a watch since 2003 and I don't plan to, but then some people, including people that I know quite well say, think, well, what's really the difference between having a smartwatch, which measures your heart rate and etc. versus like a chip in your wrist. That would actually be convenient. And I'm like, no, this is not a good idea. This is a slippery slope. Is that what you're talking about
1: with transhumanism? Yes, I think it's a very slippery slope, uh wanting to merge, you know, humans with technology. If if you see, I mean the big rage at the moment is chat and with this AI technology where you don't have to think anymore and it will produce whatever content you want to produce. Well, that is that is not letting your brain do the job that it was designed to do, which is to be creative. And creative is actually uh, a high aspect of our spiritual selves. And so coming back to, you know, well, why is this all happening? Well, there are certain, you know, people in the world who are wanting to cut us off from our spiritual uh, spirituality our spiritual nature our true nature and interestingly enough Steiner who was a very very visionary man uh, back in the ni- 1900s um, many people will have heard of him you know Rudolf Steiner schools yes. uh, he he said that in, and this he wrote this in 1910 or 14 or something like that he said um, the, the soul of man will be eliminated through vaccines. And I was like, whoa, you know, when I read that and, and and I did a little bit of study on Steiner when I was at film school and I did a documentary on him, which unfortunately I don't have anymore. But he was a very interesting man. So... uh Yeah, I mean, as you say, we could spend a whole show just talking about transhumanism and I'm not an expert on it, but from just what I have seen and uh, in in, in the um, series that we're doing, we have a a, a video reference (laughs) library of all sorts of videos with with this sort of information, because I'll be honest, I'll watch a video, I'll get a sense and an understanding, but then I won't remember all the content because I've just seen, I've just watched too much stuff. Um, So I'm sorry if I can't be more specific.
2: No, it's great. We're just peeking at people's interests. And a lot of people will think, well, why haven't I heard about this? You know, why is this? Well, because it's mm-hmm. that's the point. David, I'm going to go to you. What is so we're talking about humanity. But like, what is our purpose here? You know, uh, and what are what are we as human beings? Who, what are we here for? What is our purpose?
0: Our purpose is <laughs> to, uh, recognize who we truly are. So we, we need to ask the question who uh, I need to ask the question, who am I? And who are you? etc.? cetera. Um, we are souls. We are souls and body. And this body that we have is only uh, there's a term called an automaton. Basically, it's like a robot. The, I tell this I tell this body to say, move the hand or use my vocal cords to speak. Or to see this, or to eat that. What well, these are all physical plane activities, and so I tell it to do that. Uh, there's also the concept of people that want to take the gun and do uh, horrible things to other people. Um, there's people that uh, go online and they they, they uh, use their keyboard and their intelligence, their intelligence they use to steal money from other people. So this is this is all this is all part of our God-given faculties, which are being highly misused and. If you tune into a soul understanding, which is our natural state of being, natural, um, we're we're not taught this at birth. We're taught to be in conflict. We're taught to be competitive. We're taught to uh, grow up and uh, and to uh, fight for things and to uh, how should I say be. Um, be in a competitive world, you know, basically you have to look for a college degree, go to college, get successful, get money, materialism, et cetera, et cetera. So it has nothing to do with character building or it has little to do with character building. Uh, It has to do with uh, all these things around materialism. And that's not who we are. That's that's only the physical plane environment. We can, there's, there's a, uh, uh, a particular uh, graphic, or a diagram that I'm thinking of in my mind, which basically talks about something called the cosmic physical plane, where we live and move and have our being. And there's different levels of density. And we live in the most dense part. Our our physical form is dense. Our emotions have another density than going up and then the thoughts and then the getting higher. And when we get higher toward our spirit, our soul is basically the agent of our spirit, if we can use that term, but it basically allows us to get intuitive into our natural reasoning self so where we're not we're not we're not working in a state of uh, abusing ethics we are we are accountable we're transparent because we're naturally trusting each other at that level uh the heart is open we are loving each other we are not hating we are not separate we do not divide and conquer like your machiavellian teaching from the what do you call the renaissance middle ages whatever um which is still very very current to this very moment And so this this is a major concept of understanding purpose is to teach us uh, that the wisdom teachings, the teachings of the ageless wisdom, the wisdom teachings, et cetera, uh, go back thousands of years. And they teach us that we are one already in pure spirit, in our natural state. But yet we're, we're taught to be separate and competitive and you know, doing all sorts of abusive things to the environment and uh, you know, to each other, et cetera. You know, that's that's obvious. But uh, it's, it's learning to be inclusive and uh, understanding and accepting each other. And this is part of the teachings that we are working with here.
2: Exactly. And I think, you know, one of the things Kim mentioned is it's almost like we as humans are being dumbed down. And then what you're also saying is we're being stirred up with the the division, the divisiveness, the trying to pit one person against another. And, but we're actually not, what I'm hearing from you is we're naturally designed more to be in flow and not so much feuding and fighting with each other. Um, And so I think if we can get our heads around that and we, as a society in New Zealand and beyond can be more in unity, loving understanding and more of that positive energy instead of the negative the negative one. Um, well, Kim, I'm going to come back to you with this transhumanism thing. I know you've got a definition you're going to read out for us. Uh, but some people will be thinking, but there's pros and cons, like there's some great things with transhumanism. So give us the definition. And if you want to just comment a little more on that, and then we'll move on to a slightly different topic.
1: Yes. Well, I I thought this was a really good definition, which I came across through a a great website um, called VeilofReality.com. And actually, he was quoting another lady called Lisa Renee. And this was written in 2015. Transhumanism is an international cultural and intellectual movement with an eventual goal of fundamentally transforming the human condition by making available technologies that greatly enhance human intellectual, physical, and psychological capacities. Many transhumanists believe in the compatibility between the human mind and, com- and computer hardware, with the implication that human consciousness can be transferred to alternative media known as mind uploading. Since the science of the soul and the consciousness functions uh, and the consciousness are functions of the spiritual bodies, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm reading that right. Have not yet been discovered by scientists. This has been. This has potentially extremely destructive consequences to human consciousness and the electromagnetic functions of the light body. So I could read a lot more than that, but people can can look that up. It's an article by Lisa Renee R-E-N-D-E. double um, Yeah sorry my phone's ringing Let's go, turn it
0: off. So Yes go ahead go ahead David Okay, yeah well, well, Kim is absolutely right uh, the fact that it, uh, it's a it's a science it's a wonderful science and we, we have to understand that science is completely neutral. okay it has to do with now what am I going to do with this new invention that I have or this new discovery and it's like so or I'm gonna, is am I going to help humanity with it? Am I going to make myself wealthy and rich or, or am I going to go abuse people? And certainly we like the Star Wars weapon, for example, was uh, highly abused um, or it's probably up in space there. You know, we don't even we don't even know because it's a classified uh, doc- yeah. classified information and technology. But transhumanism is another thing, too, which is out in the public. And it's absolutely correct that it, uh, it can enhance human faculties. It can make life a lot easier. Uh, but it's at the same time, we're not ready for this yet because our wisdom and our level of ethics is not there yet to be able to use it wisely. Uh, And and then who can say whether it's wise or not? We don't have even the people to even do that because we can't trust the people in government. Uh, The psychologists, they'll be hired by the government because they speak a certain language. That they want to hear and they'll they'll want to be they'll want to be mouthing the words. So the the, the correct words so the, so the public will hear that and be uh be controlled that way. I believe there is a certain control level going on here, but I believe also there's the fantastic opportunity that transhumanism or artificial intelligence, we should say AI is that, so people can understand that. Um, that it is uh it's another form of industrialization. It just continues that whole that whole scheme going on. And as we saw with industrial industrialization starting in the 1830s um, you know it it got into all sorts of levels of you know expanding society around the world it changed history literally and then it also comes now full 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 circle with people questioning its uh, viability and its ethics and its uh, trend is it transparent are the people that doing this are they transparent are they accountable Um, you know I I could say more on that but it's like that's I think that's pretty well uh, the, the essence of it so but I,
1: I, yeah, and if I could just add, I think what is so important to understand is that as we develop spiritually through doing spiritual practices, meditation, whatever it is that we we choose to do, our consciousness evolves to a higher and higher level, and we develop more wisdom. So the goal of of, of our spiritual practices is actually wisdom, uh, and and actually, and and this is what I've heard from people who are at a much higher level of you know of. Of consciousness than myself, and in particular my Qigong teacher, who is at a very high level uh, of consciousness, is that all people who reach, for example, what is called the uh, uh, self-enlightenment, which is just a rung on the ladder of self-realization, say that as you reach a a specific uh, rung of that ladder, which is typically called enlightenment, one's whole life changes and one starts to have so-called special abilities or superhuman powers but it is done in through a natural progression of of cultivating oneself rather than having to use technology
0: or, use, I, or using technology as a crutch and denying that spiritual self who we truly are that's that's what that's the the we are we are in a generation where we are conscious of our own consciousness if we could but see that and that is a major message to get out there to humanity. And what do you do with this information? This is what we need teachers to help guide that.
2: We are conscious of our own consciousness. And something I've said many times on my show is we are more powerful than we realize. Now, I'm not the only person to say that phrase. It's quite a common one. And that's part of what you're saying is we are more powerful than we realize. We, we just haven't tapped in to so much of what we are capable of. And so what I'm hearing also, for me personally, I would love it if people would focus more on emotional intelligence and less on artificial intelligence, meaning I feel like the emotional under- intelligence, the EQ, what it's known as, um, different from, from IQ, it, is so critical as part of our own journey to, to, you know, of enlightenment, as you call it. But um, whereas the focus is just jumping ahead to this artificial intelligence, which is almost slowing down our capability to be creative and tap into our own superpowers.
1: Yeah. Well, I've had, can I just say something first, David, because you probably go a bit more esoteric. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but, for twenty oh thirty years now, I've been really focusing on uh, emotional intelligence because I had to. That was a key part of healing myself from from chronic illness. And interestingly enough, on this purification process that we go through in order to cultivate ourselves, we need to purify our physical body, our emotional body, and and our mind. And and we're beginners at the moment in terms of emotional intelligence people don't know how to manage their emotions they don't understand them uh and they 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 run you know their emotions they let themselves be run away with their emotions and is a key part of our development to actually get to a point of emotional what i call emotional mastery mm-hmm. and that is no easy task um what did you want to add david
0: uh yes in, i completely agree with what kim just said and it's also in the spiritual teachings when you get into meditation, you get going a number of uh, weeks, months, years into it, and you get deep into connecting with yourself. You're basically learning the concept about energy and force, as I mentioned before. But you're also learning about reactivity versus responding to something. I I react to somebody because oh they got angry and I got angry back, and it's just a knee-jerk reaction, right? Well there is the intelligence, the higher intelligence, not necessarily intellectual or academic intelligence. It's just simply emotional intelligence that says, let me respond to this, or how do I respond to this? Or should I respond to this? And when you get deeper into meditation and understanding, your intuition will help guide you. You get into a space of pure reasoning, where you're you're thinking clearly, and you're not controlled by your uh lower emotions of uh knee-jerk reactions of hate and separatism and i'm going to get you and take advantage of you and this type of stuff you know, so.
2: That, yeah, know me, so that reminds me so nicely for the people listening if you haven't listened to some of our replays we did one a few weeks back on the power of communication and it also talks a little bit about reacting versus responding so if you guys haven't seen those you can check those out on realitycheck.radio slash replays. And by the way, we also love to hear from you. So if you're listening and you've got a question that for Kim or David, or you want to comment on your views around, you know, maybe it's um, artificial intelligence or some of the truths that we're discussing today, you can get in touch. You can text us 2057 and that'll just be charged on your normal rates of your phone. So it might be free, depends on your plan. Or you can email inbox at realitycheck.radio. We always love to hear from you. Kim, I've got a question for you. And that is around, like why is the understanding of this information, obviously we're covering a lot of things today, but why is the understanding of this information so key to humanity solving their problems, our problems?
1: Well, again, this is, personal, through my own personal learning and experience, uh, but also it's from, well, which has come from the teachers that I have studied with who are very advanced, you know, relatively speaking to most of humanity. Uh, And we have to understand things from this bigger picture perspective, A, from the hidden history of humanity, eons of time, transitions of time perspective, but also from the point of view that, the outer world changes when our inner world changes, and, and we we know that from our you know people who work who are doing you know into their personal development or who maybe who've gone through a crisis and by the way crisis always precedes a uh, big transformation and we're 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 at that point right now where we're we're on the the edge of a huge transformation uh, in in consciousness collectively for humanity, uh, but. We know that when we do what do the work individually, that it makes a difference to how we feel internally, but it also changes our external world. And people know that they want a better world. We don't want the corruption, the deception, the lies, the chaos, the suffering. We know that. But how do we actually get there? Well, it comes through doing individual personal change, one person at a time, and then hopefully, at a certain point, there will be a hundredth monkey syndrome and there will be a collective shift of consciousness. But unless we take, you know, stop, you know, being hens pecking down on the ground or even a hawk up in the sky, we've we've got to get this bigger view so that we do we we take the right action. And that right action is simply, although it's not so simple, is taking full responsibility for everything that goes on within us, especially our thoughts and our feelings and our actions. And really working to purify ourselves, and by the way, one of the reasons we need to purify our emo- our emotional body is that, or emotional field, is that the more that the soul energy flows through, or you know, spirit energy, whatever word you want to call it, flows through, it heightens what isn't purified. So if you've got anger and fear and sadness and hurt and betrayal and whatever it is still stuck in your energy field, then it will just heighten that. So we have to do this emotional clearing work. But ultimately, fundamental change comes from each of us changing ourselves individually. And it does take work and it takes consistency, perseverance, commitment. It is not easy, uh, but the, the change that we get on the other side is worth it.
2: I love everything you just said. I was making notes. i definitely going to share some of those with people because I think you're right. It is so one of the things you said, the outer world changes when our inner world changes. And I think you're right. Some, some people are, as like I say, stuck in what I call the should zone where they're literally naming, shaming, blaming, complaining. In other words, not taking self-responsibility, um, but the more that we can
1: take self-responsibility, I think it's a ripple effect. So
2: thank you for highlighting that. It's
1: so easy to be caught up in the drama. It's like if I look at what's going on in, for example, Telegram is a prime example of lots of different channels there. Lots of interesting stuff, yes, but people get very, very caught up in the negativity, in the drama, in focusing on that. And when we do our spiritual work, it takes our focus off all of that. And, and, you know, if you think of Ling McTaggart, who's done the huge body of work called the Intention Uh, experiment and the intention effect, is that what we put our focus on, we create. So if people ask themselves, how much of the day am I thinking about problems, chaos, fear, in anxiety, and how much of the day am I cultivating what in Qigong we call a calm, relaxed, natural state? Like David talked about before, our natural state is actually to be in joy, in peace, but we have lost our natural state. That is how far humanity has come down in involution. We, we and, and now it's time to turn things around. I love that you mentioned that because my question was going to be
2: around the how, meaning you said it took a lot of work, but it was really worth it. And I'm like, okay, if someone's listening to this and they feel inspired and they want to um, do this personal discovery and be more in the space of love and peace and joy, how do they actually do that? So one of the things would be, Stop feeding yourself or stop consuming negative stuff
1: while still being aware of what's going on in the world. It's a fine balance, is it not? It is. one, and, and it comes back to what David talked about with this reaction, is that we have to constantly be aware of how we're responding to whatever is happening either internally, which is our thoughts and feelings, or externally, which is the events around us. So we have to start to develop what is called a witness or observer consciousness. That is one of the first steps. So rather than being totally wrapped up in the re- in the response and the and the negative thinking and the negative feelings, we start to develop this little person on I like to call it, little person on my shoulder who's actually watching me having the thoughts, watching me having the feelings. And so keeping a bit of a distance, from that. And then we have to have tools and strategies to actually transform that emotional energy, which can easily be done. What well, I say easily, I mean there are specific tools and strategies that one can learn. And if one applies, you know, it actually gets easier and easier to do that. And then in in the body of teachings that I've been studying as well, we talk a lot about patterns of consciousness and how humans have these deeply embedded, very complex unconscious patterns of consciousness that are driving all our thoughts and feelings and behaviors. For example, uh, one of the 10 fundamental patterns is greed. Another one is um, negativity and pessimism. Another one is unfounded suspicion. Uh, Another one is, I can't think I've gone blank, I should know them off by heart. But Every time we have a response either an emotional response or a thought response we have we we cross check against these patterns and go am i in a bit of unfounded suspicion and I'll give you if I've got time I'll give you this really quick example of of a, a fantastic um embarrassing actually example of unfounded suspicion and it was while I was working on this program and and I was I was preparing the first webinar which is about all the joining the dots of physical plane reality and, you know, all the corruption and the chaos that's going on and how it's all connected. And it was a Saturday morning and I hear this helicopter flying over, over the house, which is quite unusual. I'm on 12 acres here and first of all, I could hear it hovering over to the left, and then it flew really close over the roof, over to the right. And in my mind, where, where did my mind go? It went, Oh my God, I'm I'm doing this program, which is you now against the, you know, mainstream narrative. They're coming to get me. I mean, you know, how ridiculous is that? And my body went into stress and fear and all the thoughts. And the emotions, and I was, you know, really lost my calm and natural state there. And eventually, I was like, okay, what well, do I go out there or not? Because it was still hovering, and then it landed just uh, beyond the the hedge, still on the on the property. And I, I, I sort of shaking. I went out to see, you know who is it? What is it? So I was expecting, you know, little black men in black suits to come out, you know. And I walked over towards the the helicopter. And then I saw the words rescue on the side. And it was just a rescue helicopter. And the guys got out and they said, oh, yeah, we're rescuing somebody in the, in the bush next door. And immediately I knew I'd been totally caught up in A, unfounded suspicion and B, negativity and pessimism. So whenever we have an emotional response or negative thoughts, cross-check what pattern am I stuck in? Nice. Nice.
2: All right. Um, David, I'm going to go to you. I just love to invite you to chime in on whatever's on top of your mind at the moment. And then I'm going to ask you something else after.
0: Um, Well, in, uh, let's see, we have responsibility. Uh, We have, see, man, man, mankind is basically midway between the higher spiritual uh, parts of ourself, and the lower kingdoms, which is the mineral kingdom, the plant kingdom, the animal kingdom. So we are stewards of this planet, and we have a responsibility to take care of it because we have we have the intelligence factor. We are the one doing the mining. We are the ones doing the uh, the mining of the fish in the ocean, the, mi- the, the uh, taking of all the uh, different uh, uh, plants and turning them into uh, money, turning them into food. To, uh, you know, over-harvesting, I mean, it, it goes on and on. And it's just simply, we have to stop doing this or we have to take a major step back and see what are we doing with ourselves. Uh, Friedjof Capra, a uh, physicist from the 1980s, uh, he used to work for the federal government, Star Wars, weapons, et cetera. And he talked about the uh, the idea of um, uh, systems thinking, that we have to, we, we can't create the same We can't use the same mind thinking. I mean, Einstein said a similar thing, too. We can't use the same thinking to figure out our problems with what created the problem. So we have to go into a different understanding about who and what we are. We have to understand our inner relationship with each other as human beings. We naturally communicate with each other or we don't communicate with each other because we block it. And, uh, oh, I'm going to cover myself up like so, you know, I'm going to cover my solar plexus because I don't want to hear the pain that you're going to give me. Or I don't want to share my pain with you. Um, There's all sorts of things that we do. And um, the interconnectedness with the environment is critical because we are part of the environment as much as it's part of us. We have trace elements of the different minerals in our system and the plant kingdom. We We ingest this for our food. Uh, so why do we abuse it? Why do we why do we put pollutants and chemicals in it uh, on, on top of that? And you know, in, in what Kim was saying there with the type of uh, the, uh, the foods that are harmful to our bodies. And so we have to ask these questions. And why are we doing this? And why do we continue to do it when we know we have a better choice? I'm not going to go over what Kim just said, you know, a little bit, a bit ago, but it's just simply we have to wake up and our consciousness has to wake up and we have to become responsible for this planet, for ourselves, for solving the problems. And there's there's hardly any problem on this planet we cannot solve if we have cooperation and goodwill among people to do that. It just has to be, you know, get, get out of the way, forget your, forget your power structure, forget your wealth, get into the principle of sharing. Um, we don't need to be warring anymore. We need to be bringing neighbors together in cooperation and understanding diplomacy is where it's at you know, negotiation, let's make it happen. And it's like, it's so obvious what needs to be because the majority of humanity wants to do this, not the power structure, the 1% or whatever percent it is, you know, that that's what we are. uh, That's what we're truly fighting. And that's what they're fighting to keep in power, they want to keep that power. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very, it's very curious also that a congressman or a senator or a person in a parliament or whatever, these are very responsible people making very irresponsible decisions. And they don't they don't they don't care who lives outside in the poor areas. They don't care about the homelessness. They don't care about the abuse of the environment of this uh of this uh hundred million dollars they just allocated for making another fighter jet or another tank or something. You see, So, this on is-
2: that note, David, what do you suggest? if people that are listening are you like ri- rising up coming together changing the way we live any of the above uh
0: i would say yeah a combination of those but we we need to start to, uh well as 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 trite as it sounds we need to start truth telling as, as to who we are and why we're here and it's like uh w- we have a right to we have a right to survive and to live just like the environment the the, the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom etc they all have a right to exist here and it's like that the power structure doesn't want to give you that right, or they want to say we don't want you to ask that question because we're in control of the resources. You see, this is this is something that's got to completely shift and change. There has to be a sharing of the wealth. I mean, this is this is radical consciousness. What I'm putting out right here, but it's just simply it's an understanding. Um, it's just it's an understanding of uh, who we are. I know he's
2: getting so fired up. He keeps putting his hands on his desk. That's what that. Yeah, that's is. right.
0: That's right. That's. <laughs> Well, it's, it's understanding who we are spiritually as beings. You know, even if we don't even use this, the word spirit, we can say, who am I as a human being? Who is you, Who are you as a human being? And get in touch with who what that is. And that is what we need to be uh, understanding. And then the spiritual part will come because people will be naturally drawn toward it as they discover who they are. It's a natural process of who we are. It will bring us together.
2: I'm going to go to my questions that I ask my guests um, as we proceed. But one thing I'd love to go, just go to you quickly on Kim. What do you wish the Kiwis knew? What do you wish that the New Zealanders here in New Zealand and and expats overseas? What do you wish that we actually knew? Like whether that be another truth or, or any sort of other information before I go to ask David, it's coming up. I'm going to ask you how you upped your brave in the past
1: year. Kim, what do you wish we knew? Only New Zealanders or anybody?
2: Okay, let's go for everybody.
1: <laughs> All of you. I wish that people a saw the bigger picture of what is going on on a physical plane reality, and 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 those who haven't woken up yet to the craziness, you know, that has been going on, and the fact that there's a lot of corruption going on uh, in the world, and secondly, that they understood this. That there's actually a bigger picture to what is going on, and once you understand this bigger picture, which is you know the hidden history of humanity, um, and, and the and the transition of you know the the transition and evolution of consciousness, it helps to set everything in context and make sense of everything, and it takes away a lot of the fear. Mm. You know, we're not stuck in the drama and the fear anymore, and we have this bigger viewpoint, like taking the blinkers off like a horse, you know, when they have those blinkers on, you take them off and you see a wider view. And isn't that so much nicer to to see a wider view than just, you know, like the poor old horse trotting along with, you know, not seeing anything except what's in front of it. And how can we best support people? So so,
2: people who, some people do have the blinkers off and they're getting a little bit impatient for their loved ones to to do the same. How can we support those people that are a little bit more slowly slow to wake up to what's going on in the world?
1: Actually that's an interesting question because one of the best things we can do is to not try and change people's minds, even though we might want to, and instead to a, work on ourselves to cultivate more love and respect within ourselves. For example, whenever I see somebody with a mask on, it, it does trigger me. And then, you know, and I want to say, you know, things and t- take off your mask and whatever. And it's like, no, Kim, shut your mouth and and just send love to that person and have respect and what we call gongjing, which is respect and humility. So the best thing actually that we can ever do when somebody's um, in trouble is to just love them uh, um, uh, in in a truly compassionate way and not judge, you know, to stop the judgment and the opinions, which is all part of the negativity and pessimism and, and the lower self.
2: Well, thank you. That is a very timely reminder for everybody, including myself. Um, David, I'd love to ask you, what is one thing that you have done, achieved or navigated through in the past year where you truly upped your brave?
0: Well, I um, I had a health crisis last year, so I uh, got through it. Uh, Basically, I got through it because my well, I've I purified myself. Let's just put it that way. I've done this for 40 years, 40 plus years and I had the confidence in myself to know I would get through it, and it's only a temporary, a temporary setback, as uh, traumatic or dramatic as it was. Um, like a broken leg, for example, it was very painful. When I broke it, I fell off my bike, and uh, I broke my leg. And it took uh, well the first, uh, let's just say, the six weeks were very, very painful. And so, but I, I knew this was only a temporary tra- a temporary transition. Yeah, I could say that. And now I'm walking completely with absolutely no pain whatsoever. And it's just simply it's it's being in the moment and recognizing that my presence that I uh, I honor that presence of myself, and I can see it in other people, and I help them understand that too through my writings and through my teachings and presentations, etc. So, I it's just simply. I don't know. Just honoring that's that part of myself that I've discovered for myself. I mean, unfortunately, most people have not gotten to this point. Um, so I um, I encourage everybody to seek out who you are. You know, just like in the Alice in Wonderland, the Alice comes across the uh, caterpillar, and the caterpillar says over and over, uh, several times in the story, he says, "Who are you?" And she's lost in a dream, and we are in a dream right now in humanity. And it's just, uh, and incidentally, uh, Frank Baum, who was the, uh, uh, was it Frank Baum? Uh, well, the author of Alice in Wonderland, I, I think it's Frank Baum, but anyhow, he was a theosophist. And theos- Lewis Carroll. Oh, Lewis Carroll, thank you. Yeah, Lewis Carroll was a, a theosophist, and theosophy is basically the closest uh, understanding or philosophy, which blends science and philosophy and um, spiritual understanding together. And um, it's basically a a fabulous way of connecting with your true self. Uh, There's a lot more that can be said with that. But it's the idea of, you know, get out of the Alice in Wonderland consciousness and discover who you are so you can think clearly and not just think clearly, but do do service work and help other people and uh, open your heart and love people and give and be cooperative be inclusive, you know, we, we would, we would break down so many barriers by, uh, by doing this. And uh, it's just, it's a natural inclination of who we are. And um, it's just, we have to be taught that and we have to, we have to guide others in the same way.
2: We do. And often it does take some sort of setback or heartbreak or break of a leg or whatever, to okay. remind people to ask the question, who am I? And, um, and really question it, how they want to show up and make those changes. Kim, your question is the bucket list question. Um, what is What is one thing on your bucket list that you would love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime that possibly the Up Your Brave Reality Check Radio community can help you with?
1: Well, I feel that and and I especially have felt this over the last few years and, and it's sort of a mixture of what's been going on in the world over the last three years plus me going through menopause and going over 60 and I've had quite a few changes go on as a result of that and I really feel like I've come to a point in my life where most of it, you know, sadly is behind me now and some of it is still in front of me and the only thing that is important to me is to help humanity progress in a, a positive way for the betterment of humanity mm. and that is why we we created this bigger picture series and i would just love more people to 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 understand this information uh, because it, it's just doing its bit like we all are to help move humanity forward in a positive direction so if people want to talk about it share about it join it then then uh, you know If your tribe would like to help do that, then we would both be very, me and David, and everybody would be very happy. Well, let us know how, because my next question, what's coming up for you? How can people contact you and learn more? Well, personally, what's coming up for me, I've just been so engrossed in this for the past seven, eight months. I haven't got my next plan uh, out there. Uh, And also, we're coming into winter here, and I like to live and move with the seasons, and so it's a time to go inwards. Um, but if people do want to find out about this particular program, the the best way actually is to go from my main website. I call it my umbrella website because we're having a few trouble with some of the links of the Ageless Wisdom website, but I will make sure that the link is correct from my website, which is artofhealth.co.nz. And then people can get to different places from there and they can get to the bigger picture program if they go to the events page. Amazing.
2: What about you, David? What's coming up for you? How can we contact you?
0: Um, I am. Um, I've written three books. And uh, basically, they're, th- interestingly enough, my three books are autobiographical. And uh, I, um, my first book was called The Soul Source, which basically talks about how to create a, uh, what do you call it, a spiritual practice, which is an ancient teaching of meditation, spiritual study and service. And another one I wrote on is a uh, is on something called the ten seed groups. Uh, it's a very it's it's way beyond the uh, conversation we have here. But it's basically the the idea that there's a kernel of spirituality already existing in all civilization right now on a secular level. And um, that's another story. And I also wrote a glossary, which is a teaching device for myself. But anyhow, my next project is finishing uh, or continuing a book I'm writing on uh, spiritual integration. Uh, integration i'm integrating with my my higher self the soul and i'm writing about that exact process about how to do that and then i'll be and i'll be doing teaching and public presentations on this and um, um what was the rest, last part of your question
2: my last part of my question is how can they contact you to learn more oh
0: yes yes uh, my my three books are available through my website called sacredteachings.us that's all one word together sacredteachings.us. And um, there's, uh, I have a, it's the website has a blog to it. And there's also my three books are available there.
2: Amazing. Okay, we will, we'll be sharing those links. Um, so you guys can check those out. I'll also share them on my Facebook page, which is Up Your Brave with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on Facebook. Um, and then you can also look on the Reality Check Radio as well. Hey, before we wrap things up, super short, let me know, is there anything else that you want to add before we say farewell?
1: I can't think of anything. So much
2: to say. The truth is we could dive into many of these topics, but thank you so much, you guys, uh, for joining us today. We've covered quite a range of things and hoping to spark some thoughts. David, anything else from you?
0: Uh, Yes, whoever's listening to this, uh, you are part of the human family, one of the 8 billion souls out there. Take the leap and take the courage and go within. Search out and learn how to meditate and connect with your natural self.
2: Oh, I love that. We're going to leave it at that. Thank you so much, Kim Knight, David Hopper. Thank you for joining us today on the Esoteric Reasons for Humanity's Crisis. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you for
0: the opportunity. Yep. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR,
2: Reality Check Radio.